So in Ois Dalid. Um, So in Ois Hay, the Rebbe started uh, talking about, explaining the reason for the Pikeach, that he chooses the Melech and not the Sarim, is because in the, the Medrash says, Kula Mitzchalfin, Bamalka Lemitzchalf, that they all exchange and the Melech doesn't exchange. And the Rebbe explained, what does that mean? That means that all of the Hashpa that comes from the other side, even though it might be very multi, the, 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 there might be a lot of it, the Rebbe says it has a, there's a tremendous amount of hashpa because it's not dependent on any Aveda from below. But it's something that doesn't last because after the Birur, meaning ultimately when all things <coughs> are, are as they should be, and either the Rebbe's talking about Yemais Mashiach or, or the Rebbe could be talking also, I mean, is talking about Ganeidim, meaning when a Yid leaves so ultimately. The true, the true bounty that he gets comes from the Tzad of Kedusha, and so he's not interested in the temporary bounty, he's interested in something better. But of course we mentioned, and that's what we're going to continue talking about, if that's all that he is interested in, so then that's also ultimately interested in a reward. He's just willing to wait, because the reward that he gets, if he waits, is a greater level than that which he would get immediately. But that's still not ultimately any different than anybody else. So why is he such a pikeach? Okay. <clears throat> okay, so that's that's where one, two, three, four, five lines up from the bottom of page Kuf base. Aval. Beer Zayna must speak. We saw this last time, but we'll start from there. Explaining that understanding and the reason of the pikeach isn't sufficient. Again, what's the understanding? That even though there might be a greater hashpa from the l'umazer from the other side now, the ultimate hashpa comes later, and that's the tzad of kedusha. Rabbi says, but that's not that can't be the the pshat that the the, the hashpa from the king lasts, meaning it's there forever. The lefiza, based on this understanding, also the choice of the pikeach in the melech, fifth line up. Now four lines up. That's because of the benefit. That will come as a result of this. And we know that that's not shot in the Pikeach. How do we know that? We'll see. And the difference between the Pikeach, the smart, clever one, and those that chose the ministers, the Duxin, etc., etc., they're only thinking about the present tense reality, well, the, that which is happening now. For Pikeach, he's smart enough to know that if I just wait, I'll get more. He's thinking about what will be in the in the future. Based on that which Chazal says, who's the Chacham? Right, the one who sees that which will be. But by virtue of the fact that the Medrash says. The fact that the Yidden serve only Elo Kaddish Baruch is not because, meaning, even though it's true, in the Mashal, the, the reason is that the king doesn't change and they change, and I still have to understand that, but it can't be what we've said up until now. 
because the real reason in the Medrash is what? Is the Pasuk. Chelki Avaya. That the Abish is my portion. It's not that I'm getting anything. It's just I have some sort of essential connection to you. El HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mibnei Ki Chelki Havaya Amra Nafshi. That my soul says my Chelik is a Kadosh Baruch Hu. And from this it's understood, Muchach, that which the Pikea chooses the king, it's not because of the benefit that he's going to get as a result of this. It's an expression of, this, of the king himself. Now, what exactly that means, we'll see. Right? It might be the loftiness of the king. It might be some essential connection to the king. We'll see exactly what it is. But it's Mitzad the king. It has to do with the fact that the king is king. And that's why the Yid wants the Ebishter. Not because the hashpa that I'm going to get later is better than the hashpa I'm going to get now. The villa in Elam Haba is nicer than the villa in Elam Hazar. That's not, that's not what, he, what he's thinking about. Hainu. Tezesh Yisrael Beichim Bakadosh Baruch That which the Yid chooses the Ebishter. Even though now, the greater hashpa he is It's really an amazing thing to say, but I mean, you look around, that's the way it is, right? That the greater hashpa is dafka those people who transgress his will, not the people who listen to his will. And it's not because afterwards that the hashpa to the ones who do as well will be will be greater because the 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 hashpa the benefit the bounty that comes what do they want it's not because they're going to get more but because it's mitzad the melech now the rebbe explains what is mitzad the melech at this point even though we're only in ois hey it's from the inner desire of a Kaddish Baruch Hu miti, and his true desire if we read a little more and then we'll, we'll, we'll uh, talk about this and the hashpa to the ones who transgress his will he is like someone who's throwing this is the quote from Tanya like someone who's throwing over his shoulder to someone who he hates <coughs> that's not really part of his will right 22nd chapter of Tanya explaining how, where does the chayus of klipa come from so so to speak a Kodesh Baruch is throwing it over his shoulder right it's not coming it's now what does all that mean right so what does the Ebishter want he wants a dear he wants a dwelling place in the lower realms Okay. What does that mean? It has to be a reality called the lower realms. What does lower realms mean? Well, he doesn't only want a, a, a dwelling place in the lower realms. He wants that dwelling place to be to be brought about by virtue of the Aveda of those in the lower realms. Their service, their work. So what does that demand? Demands work. What does that demand? That demands the fact that the possibility of not doing that work exists. And otherwise, it's not work. <laughs> Breathing isn't work. <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's no possibility of not breathing. 
Right? So we breathe, and then, but I don't think we'd call it work. Now, there might be certain situations where you have to be more careful when you breathe. If you put yourself in a pool and you're swimming, so then you have to work on the breathing, okay? But you put yourself in an un- unnatural situation, right? And still, the ultimate breathing isn't the work. It's just figuring out when to do that so you don't get a mouthful of water, you get a mouthful of air. Okay, but breathing's not an Aveda because there's no alternative, okay? So, Aveda means there's an alternative. What does that mean? That means there has to be a state of reality that's the opposite of the Ratzon of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in order for our connection to the Ratzon of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be called work, Aveda, something real. Therefore, there has to be a whole marechet, a whole system of what you and I call klipa. So why does that exist? What does the Abishta really want? We've talked about Panemius Aratzen before, the true desire, that there's external Ratzen and Panemius Aratzen. And, and, and that affects things that we do all the time. Right? We'll do all sorts of things that is a means to an end. Okay, so what do I really want? Well, I want the end. Now, do I not want the means? Well, you can't say I don't want the means because I'm doing it. But that's not really what I want. Now, that doesn't necessarily have to be something negative. What does the Ebishter really want? The Ebishter really wants Dir B'tachtenim. In order to allow for that Dir B'tachtenim to happen the way his desire, based on that Pnimius Aratzan, whatever that inner desire is, so then all sorts of other external realities have to, have to exist, even though you might think that they're actually contrary to the will of a Kaddish Baruch. As a matter of fact, not only might you think that, they are. And he says they are. And he created them. He created a whole huge reality, enormous aspect of created reality that has nothing to do with his Ratzon. Well, you can't say it has nothing to do with his Ratzon. You can't say that because he created it. All right, so it comes from him. So what it, why is it there? It's there to allow for the expression of Panemius Ratzon. What does he really want? He wants you and I to serve him. And therefore the possibility of not serving him must exist. Therefore the possibility of Klippa must exist. Because if it's not Klippa, then our connection to Kedusha isn't as real, isn't called the Veda. That's what he wants. We talked once about the, the you know, we, we went through the exercise of Panemius Aratzen and Chitzernius Aratzen, even though it doesn't express, this doesn't explain Chitzernius Aratzen in a negative way, right? Because there's obviously, in, in terms of the creation of the world, there's, there's negative reality, and, and, and the question is asked in Tanya, so where does that negative reality get its highest? Where does it get its vitality if it's not revealed godliness? Basar Kasvi, so to speak, a Kaddish Baruch is throwing it over his shoulder. We'll see later. Like the bone that the dog who's under the table gets. Right? The Rebbe will bring a, there's going to be another incredible medrash soon that will take us into a whole new level of understanding of all of this. Right, remember the exercise, you pick up the phone? Why did you pick up the phone? Well, you obviously wanted to pick up the phone, but you don't really want to pick up the phone. You want to make the phone call. Okay, but you don't really want to make the phone call. You want to get the taxi. If you could get the taxi without the phone call, well, now you can, right? But if you could get, so you pick up your thing and do the app, it's all the same, right? So you, you don't really, you don't really want, you, you want the taxi. Well, do you want the taxi? It's not really what you want. You don't want the taxi. You want to get to where the taxi will take you. If you could go and be there, that would be great, but you can't. Okay, so you have to get in the taxi. 
So you get in a taxi and you go to the airport. You want to be in the airport? No one wants to be in the airport. There's few places in the world that are worse than airports. Okay, especially now, <laughs> no one wants to be in an airport. <clears throat> We're trying to get our kids to our, our, our daughter has a, has a Chabad house in Australia. We're trying to get, she wants to bring her younger sister and new husband to come help them for Pesach. You don't want to fly through the East. The only way to get to Australia is to fly through Singapore, Thailand, you know, Hong Kong. Well, you don't want to go through any of those places right now. Singapore is now on the list. Japan is on the list. All these places, okay? So what's the only way to go? Through the Emirates. Through Dubai or Abu Dhabi or one of those places. Which evidently a lot of Australians do now. That's how they fly. So my daughter's fine. She has an American passport. My son-in-law doesn't have an American passport. He has only an Israeli passport. Do you do that? Do you not do that? Is that okay? Is it not okay? Okay. So you definitely want to, there's certain airports you really don't want to be in now, okay? So I don't want to be in the airport. Well, I do, can't say I don't want to be in the airport because I just called the cab to take me to the airport. So obviously I do want to be in the airport, but that's a very external expression of my desire because I don't really want the airport. I want to get on the plane. Now I don't really want to get on the plane. I want to get to New York. And if I could go like this and be in New York, I'd do that. I wouldn't get miles, but okay. I wouldn't get frequent flyer miles, but we'll figure that out. Okay, fine. But I don't. I, I do. I want to be in New York. Well, obviously, I want to be in New York because because I I, I I I did have all this. I mean, I even paid money to get a ticket to get to New York. So I want to be in New York. But I don't really want to be in New York. <coughs> I want to go to the business meeting that I have in New York. And I don't really want to go to the business meeting. I really want to make the money that I'm going to make as a result of the business meeting. Okay. And I don't really want the money. I want those things that the money allows me to do, which is. Give a lot of tzedakah. And do I want to give tzedakah? Oh, yes, I do want to give tzedakah because the Hebrews said give tzedakah, but there's even a panemius arutz on a tzedakah because it says, that tzedakah is great because it brings close to the geula. And what I really want is the geula. I really want Mashiach to come. That's why I picked up the phone. Right? Now, oh, how many steps in chitzonius arutzin were there? More steps than panemius arutzin. Panimi Zaratzin is I want Mashiach to come. Chitzerni Zaratzin is I picked up the phone, I got in the cab, I went to the airport, I got in the plane, I went to the meet. But all of that is Chitzerni Zaratzin. And it happens in everything you do. You want to drink a tea. You want to drink a coffee. What do you got, tea or coffee? Tea. Tea. I want some tea. Okay, so what do I do? I go get a cup. I, I, first of all, I, I bechlal, leave where I am, and I walk into the dining room, and I go get a cup, and I walk over here, and I want all these things I'm doing because I want to. They're conscious activity I'm doing because I want to. But I don't want any of these things. I just want a cup of tea. And if someone said, stay here, I'll get you a cup of tea, I said, oh, great. And they knew how to make it like I like it. All right? I was, I was okay. Say that. All right? It's your wife. Or your kids. Right? So then you don't have to move. So the Ebishter also has Pneumius and Chitzenius Aratzen. What's Chitzenius Aratzen? That, I mean, <laughs> there's, in the, in the, in the, in the Moshe we just brought, so Chitzenius Aratzen, there's nothing negative about anything that I did. Even though, in all fairness, you wouldn't say that it's directly connected to Kedusha. The only thing that was directly connected to Kedusha were the last two steps, giving Stoka and Gedelit Stoka Shemagrebis as a Gula. Everything else was you know, mundane activity. 
Okay, but since the panemius erotzen of it all was that we want to bring Mashiach, so then it's connected to that and it's all positive, so picking up the phone is a very positive thing. Okay. <clears throat> Relative to the Abishter, so the Abishter created a world and there's expressions of reality that come from that state of reality called Klipa, or Chitsenius Erotzen, the Makif, that what? He doesn't really want that state of reality. That state of reality is just, so to speak, necessary in order. I mean, he obviously does want it because he created it. But he only wants it to the extent that it's necessary in order to allow for the expression of what he really wants, which is you and I to not have anything to do with that state of reality and focus on Kedusha and bring Mashiach. That's what he wants. He wants a dear betachtenim. That's Panimius Yisaratzim. Kedusha. But in order for Kedusha down here to be a function of Ayurveda, there has to be another state of reality. And that's called Klipa. But not the Ebsheth is interested in Klipa. He didn't create Klipa as an end unto itself. It's simply a means to another end. And what's the end? Kedusha. And the greater Kedusha is that which emerges from the Klipa. To say that in slightly different language, the greater Or is that which emerges from the dark, which we saw. Maybe explained to us at great length in 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 Basilgani Tavshin Yud Aleph, right? Dafka, because you and I are so powerfully aware of our own existence, we become aware of the fact that our existence is really an expression of Atzmus, because it's the most powerful expression of existence. We seem to exist by virtue of ourselves, which is not true, but we certainly experience that. And by virtue of that experience, we touch Atzmus, because the only thing that truly exists by virtue of itself is Atzmus. So you and I are living expressions of the notion of atzmus, of existence by virtue of itself. Once we connect our existence to the Abish. That's Kili Atzmus. There's a revelation of atzmus. That's what you want, Melam Hazar, because so to speak, who was it that wanted a dear Tainim? The essence of a Kaddish Baruch, Atzmus. Said, hmm, dear Tainim, that'd be cool. I want to be revealed in, in, in some other place. I, Atzmus. Because until that rutzen, that taiva, there's nothing else. There's no ur, there's no kli, there's nothing. So that's what the Rebbe is saying here. The fact that the Yid wants the Abishter is not because of the delayed gratification that we learned about on Thursday. That can't be the reason. Because the Pasuk says, Chelkiyavaya Amr Nafshi. The Abishter is my Chelek. I mean, I want it, I want, I, the, the Yid wants the Melech. Oh, so at this point, well, how does that, well, that express itself? Pnimi Yisaratzim. I want to be connected to Pnimi Yisaratzim. I'm not interested in Chitzoni Yisaratzim. Because we're still trying to explain this in the context of the Melech is, 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 the Melech lasts and the Sarim are Mishalfin. Whatever that means. Right? I mean, again, they, they change. Okay. So what's the chayfetz amiti of the melech? Well, that's what the Yid wants. He wants the hashpa, that's an expression of the pnimius erotze. Fourth line. Page kuf gimel. Vashpa and the benefit, all of the hashpa, that comes down to evre ritzeinei, hu kemande shadi basakasvi. It's like someone who's throwing behind his back. He has to give it. Against his will, so to speak. Now, what do you mean against his will? Obviously, the Abishta wants to, but it's, it's not Panemius Arutzin. The 
Ib's not interested in Klippa. The Abishta is only interested in Klippa because he wants you and I to do a Veda and connect to Kedusha. So there has to be a reality called Klippa. Volochem, Reitzeheim, Reitzimheim, Dafka Bashpala Yisritzeinim. The Pikeach, the Yid. What does he want? He wants the Ashpa. That comes down to Eisir Itzene. Why? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. For first, even though Ashpa Mitzumtzemes, even though it's limited, it's not necessarily the same Ashpa. Because it's drawn down from Pnimius Eratz, and he wants to connect the Pnimius Eratz. Not interested in connecting the chitzonius erotz. He's not interested in connecting the klipa. So it's not so much a function of he's getting something better. He wants to be connected to something more real, as opposed to something. The Rebbe will explain this more deeply until the end of the the end of the paragraph. What that klipa really truly is, even though the klipa also comes from ultimately the same source. It all comes from the Eibster. Right. But there's a level of reality that comes from the Abishta that's not an expression of Panemius Aratzin. What does the Abishta want? Can't say, well, the Abishta created uh, uh, created horses and so he wants you to eat them. Can't say that. Why not? Because he said he doesn't want you to eat them. Oh, but why did he create them? I don't know. That That's not your issue. I mean, there's other things you can do with a horse and you can elevate a horse. There's no problem. Hook it up to your wagon and go... go uh, Take some food and give it to some poor people, or drive the wagon to the rebbe, or whatever. You can you elevate the horse for all sorts of things. Can you elevate that other little pink thing? I mean, it's sort of useless. I don't know what you can do with him, but but theoretically, if you could figure out some way of using him for some positive purpose, he's not usher bahano. There's no one. Well, that's a little weird, but I mean, I guess you could, right? I don't think anybody would want that, but you could, right? I mean, there's no Isser Hanah, right? There's certain things that you're not allowed to drive any benefit whatsoever from. Basa B'cholab, you can have no benefit from, right? If you made a mistake and made some, uh, you, 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 some milk fell in your chalent, you can't take it to your non-Jewish neighbor and say, here, I have some tray food for you, right? You made a mistake and bought the wrong hamburger meat, and you cooked it in your in your in your frying pan, and all of a sudden you realize that it's the wrong meat. So now throw out your frying pan. But but uh, you can take that. You can give them the frying pan. Take the frying pan and the hamburger to your next door neighbor and say, "Here, Jim, uh, I've got some stuff for you. Do you want it?" Oh, thanks. Bullshit. That's nice of you. No problem, Jim. Don't take buzzer b'cholav to him. Okay. So there are certain things you can have hanah. In other words, you can elevate them. You can't elevate them through eating, but you can elevate them through other means. You can elevate a horse. Okay, fine. But not through eating it. <clears throat> fine. So then, why did the Abishter... I mean, horse meat isn't necessarily what people... I mean, I'm sure there are people eat it. So, so you know, but I, just that other little thing, you know, that little porker there. So him, why So why did the Abishter create him? Because he's basically only useful. He doesn't even work on the farm, right? He just walks around and grunts, and then they shecht him. I don't shecht him. I don't know what they do. Okay, and then they, they, they eat him up. Okay, so what's he good for? Relative to you, what's he good for? Not to eat. Why did the Abish to create him? So you won't eat him. Lots of people eat him. It's cheaper. You ever walk by the Gersha supermarkets and see what they pay for meat? It's frightening. It's just unbelievable. Okay, it's free. Okay. Why? So you won't eat it. 
Why would he do that? I don't know. Why does that hold? What's the source of the vitality of that little thing there? It's not so little, right? That thing that's basically the size of a cow on short legs. They're pretty big. Now, what, what, what's the source of his vitality? Klipa. Okay, why? So, so where does he get his vitality? From the Abishta. Why? So you won't eat him. You can connect to Kedusha by not eating him. So that's Chitzonia. His existence is Chitzonia Saratzon. You not eating him is Panemia Saratzon. So there has to be such a thing in order for you not to eat it. There has to be the possibility of, of you not serving God so that when you serve God, it's real. Tanya, the Tanya we're learning now. It's so important, the Tanya we're learning now. To learn it and learn it again. We'll be talking about how people should relate to their taivas, etc. Oh my gosh, I'm so terrible, I have a taiva. What do you think? What do you think you are? I mean, that's what you are. That's, yes, you have a Yetzirah. As a matter of fact, Moshe Rabbeinu, when he was trying to convince the Malachim, when God said to Moshe Rabbeinu, no, answer them, when the Malachim said that we shouldn't get the Torah, why should we get the Torah? Look at us, we're low lives. Why should humans get the Torah? Ugh, fair. Let the Torah be up here in the holy realms of the Malachim. And what, what did the Kaddish Baruch Hu say? No, Moshe, Zogepis. Talk to them. So what did he say? Did you get out of Mitzrayim? Says in the Torah, you didn't get out of Mitzrayim. Kibbutz you have a mother and a father, right? And then what's the last line, the clincher that Moshe says to them? Klum You guys have a Yitzhara? <laughs> what do you mean you have a Yitzhara? What kind of, what, so I do have to give them the Torah. They don't have a Yitzhara. They'll keep it. But that's exactly the point. The whole Torah is about giving the Torah to someone who has a Yetzirah, who has the possibility of doing the absolute craziest, most ridiculous things in the world, and yet they overcome that desire and they serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu. That's what the Ebishter wants. Where does all that craziness come from? It's called Chitzen Yisaratza. The external expression of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's will. And who's the Pikeach? The Pikeach is the one who says, I don't want Chitzen Yisaratza. There's more of it. There's a lot more of that out there. But I don't want that. Even though if you look at the world, I'll pee. The Rebbe's going to talk about this. If you look, you might, even though this person is called the Pikeach, right? So this is the person who's looking at the world with the right seichel, proper intellect. The Rebbe's going to talk about that in, in, in the next paragraph. But <coughs> if I'll pee seichel, a person might be able to come to the conclusion that there's more of this, so it must be that that's what the world's all about. A lot of smart people who don't pick up on Panini Sarutsan. Why? Because they're stupid? No. Just don't get it. Now, usually it's because no one talked to them about it. <coughs> but even people who have been talked about it and know about it can still be fooled by Kitsuni Sarutsan, all of us. We've heard about it. You know what Panini Sarutsan is. The Rebbe's explaining it to us. So what's the Yid want? Panimis Arotzen. Why? Because that's Ebrishta. That's more Shaykh to the Melech than Chitzenius Arotzen. Sixth line, last word. Ma She'emer. That which it says to Kulumis Chalfin. We still have to understand that line. What does it mean that they all change? Right? <coughs> Why not? Again, our, this, this understanding is based on the Pasek. Chelki Avaya Amr Nafshi. And the mushal seems to confuse us 
because the mushal says there's some reason the king switches, the king doesn't switch and they switch. And we thought that might mean that, that ultimately the, the, that which I get from the king, even though I have to wait for it, it's more real and it lasts longer. But that can't be the reason because then I'm exactly the same as, the, as anybody else. It's just I'm, I'm smarter because I'm willing to wait. But that's not Chalki Avaya. That's not the Ebster's my, my Chalik. I mean, I'm still interested in the Hashpa. I'm just willing to wait. Rather than get it in this world, I'm willing to wait until the world to come. But I'm the same. Exactly the same. Just smarter. Okay, so that's what it says. He's a Pikeach. He's smarter. No, but that's not what the Pasuk says. The Pasuk, this is all to explain the Pasuk. Chalki Avaya Amrnafshi, that the Ebster's my Chalik. Some more essential connection. Oh. So that's what the Rebbe told us today. That's the, the, the new understanding, is that it can't be because I'm getting delayed gratification, and for that reason the Pikeach is smarter. No, it must be that there's a more, more powerful connection. And what's that? A connection to Panemius Arutz, and that's what, that's what the Pikeach wants. He wants what the king really wants. He doesn't want something else. What does the king really want? Kedusha. So he wants Kedusha, because that's where the king is. and that, but, but, but the Medrash talks about the fact that they all change and, and the king doesn't. The intention is as follows. I'm sorry. The fact that they switch, they change, I mean, they cease to exist. And something else takes its place. And that is the nature of klipa, interestingly enough. I mean, there's certain klipa that lasts, right? <laughs> Meaning the, 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 the same things that were usher to eat 3,300 years ago were still usher to eat, okay? But in terms of lifestyle and what, you know, what, the, what the latest fad is in terms of klipa, so that just changes all the time, right? Yiddishkeit is all the same, right? The... the, the the reasons that people will have not to keep Torah and mitzvahs change all the time. Why? Well, because reality changes. It's the same basic argument. Right? Judaism and the modern world. Does Judaism have anything to say relative to the modern world? Well, what's the modern world? That question was asked as powerfully in 1950 and 1980 and 2005 and 2020. Completely different worlds every time. What's the modern world? And you don't think that question was asked in the 1500s? Of course it was. So what's the modern world? Just think about those Jews in the 1500s. They all said to themselves, boy, oh boy, am I glad I don't live in the modern world because it must really be hard to be, keep Yiddishkeit in the modern world. I don't live in the modern world. I live in the 1500s. Has there ever been a Jew alive who didn't live in the modern world? By definition, isn't the world that I'm living in the modern one? It's the latest, isn't it? What, I think I'm living 500 years before the modern world? That's a pretty bizarre position. It's not that that whole question is such a stupid question. Can Judaism handle the modern world? Well, that's exactly what the people at the time of the Roman conquest were wondering. And a lot of them decided the toga parties were cooler than Shabbos. So they decided to become Romans. Right? Or the, before that, the time of Hanukkah, the ones who ado- adopted Greek culture. 
right? With all of its wonderful things, infanticide and all of that wonderful stuff, killing old people and babies who are no longer productive, babies who are deformed, well, throw them against the rocks. Old people, burden on society, let's do away with them, okay? So the Jews bought into that. Why? Modern. What's less modern about that than cell phones? That's <laughs> smartphones. Modern is modern. Whatever. So, so on one hand, it's changing all the time. It's it's always changing, but it's the same stuff. Well, yes, you're right. I mean, I'm only picking the negative <coughs> side of Greek culture. There were obviously some seemingly interesting, positive, forward-looking <laughs> sides of Greek culture, right? I mean, if you were the right, if you happen to be part of that small little group, you were part of democracy for these people, not for these people, but for these, okay. I mean, it started something pretty good, you know, everything about it is negative, no. <clears throat> Was it modern? Absolutely, no question. What's modern? 1950, people think that was just a big joke. It's not modern. Well, it was in 1950. It was very modern. <laughs> a television show. Oh my gosh, look at that. Look at that thing in the house. Black and white. Okay. My father bought a color one for the first Super Bowl. He was a football fan. So I think that was 1967, I think. Not sure, something like that. But I remember he got a color television for the first Super Bowl. He wanted to watch it in color. And the color, oh my gosh, you got a headache after an hour watching it. The green was so green and the red was so red. It was like crazy. It was like shone out at you. It started to glow after you watched it for an hour. Okay, fine. They figured all that out, right? Wasn't modern? Mishauf switches all the time. So what does that mean it is? If it's switching all the time, then what does that mean? It's not true. It's not real. That's what the Rebbe says. The Mizeshem is chalfin ha'chachach muchach shegam achshav. Even now, ain't a metziah samitis. Even when that reality is around, it's not real. Why? Because something real lasts. Something that's not real disappears. So, the, you know, the newest fad. So the newest fad, what do you know about the newest fad? It's going to be an old fad soon. It'll be replaced by a new fad. Okay, just say So is it real? It's not real. Does that mean you have nothing to do with it? Well, no. You need a pair of glasses. So go buy a pair of glasses. But don't get into the glasses being the fattiest glasses because you know what? Then you're going to have to go buy a new pair in six months. So just don't go there because it's stupid. Because it's, it's just dumb. It's just it's not real. It's not true now and it's not going to be true in six months. And it's not true in a year. A pair of glasses? Of course you need a pair of glasses. If you can't see, go get a pair of glasses. But you're going to get the glasses that are in? Well, guess what? They're going out. <laughs> so hang on to the ones you've got for another six months. And the ones you want, they have a taiva for, they're going out. So you'll lose your taiva because no one is going to want them in six months. Right? They think that we dress funny. It's true, we dress funny. But at least we don't have to worry about, you know, picking out the right thing from the from the cupboard and see, you know, whether what it's in and then worrying like what's in. I don't know. We have to really keep up. My wife was talking about mini skirts. We were driving somewhere together and she saw some woman walking by. I Hashem was driving, so I didn't get to see her. 
Baruch Hashem. So evidently, my wife and another woman were in the car and they went, oh my gosh, look at her. <laughs> they just couldn't believe it. So then they were talking about just how, yeah, they're women, right? So, you know, just how stupid it is. Like, it's just such a stupid way to walk around. So I said, what, what did you see? He said, some woman walking in a miniskirt. I said, you know, again, it's lasted a long time this time. The miniskirts were big when... The 60s. the 60s, miniskirts. What was her name? That There was a thin model who started Twiggy. with... Twiggy. Twiggy, right, that's right. Twiggy, there you go. Wow. Good good job, Doc. Twiggy, everybody, the whole world. Twiggy was some stick woman, and she wore a short skirt. She's the one that brought in miniskirts, right? And they lasted, I don't know, two years, three years, but they're not very long. Now, it's been years. Women are walking around with no clothes on. It's like so stupid. In the winter... What are you walking around the winter with a short skirt on? You must be freezing. Right? No, Masiris Nefesh. Mamish Masiris Nefesh, to look right. It's like so stupid. I mean, these are two women talking about how it's so stupid to walk around that way. You can't sit down, you can't stand up, you're busy. I mean, why would anybody walk around like that? So usually these things disappear because they're dumb. And they, this one, it's been a while. It's just been around. Twiggy, you're so funny, Doc. It's been around for a long time. Right? Like, disappear already. Well, it's, 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 not yet. It'll disappear, but not yet. Remember my uh, son, this is years ago. He was a bucher, so it's Tucker been around a long time. He was a bucher, and he and another bucher were walking with their mashpia in Kranites, Yudshvat. They were all there, Yudshvat. They were walking to a Febrein. They were walking with their mashpi. It was going to a particular, a particular, uh, I'll say. So that's, that's what the Rebbe is saying here. It's, it's not real. Why do you know? <laughs> it's not going to be around for long. And the fact that they have vitality. The klipa, the fact that there is vitality, to give vitality to certain aspects of reality, it doesn't come from them. Klip is in a true sense of vitality. Klip itself, Yenek is a, is a child nursing. It's, it derives its benefit. It's nourished by Kedusha. Why is there a state of Klipa? There's only a state of klipa because Kedusha gives klipa its energy in order for it to do what it's supposed to do. What's it supposed to do? Give you and I a choice. That we could actually choose something else. So that then our choice of Kedusha is real. But what's, what's everything really, what's Panimi Yisaratzen? Kedusha. Ay, there's Chitzoni Yisaratzen. Why is there Chitzoni Yisaratzen? <coughs> so to speak. In order, I mean there is. In, or, in order to bring about a true fulfillment of Panimius Aratzen. What's the inner desire? Kedusha. But that Kedusha is Kedusha that's a function of a choice between Kedusha and something else. And so there's something else. The Amishter created it. But where does it, and it itself, where does it get its nourishment from? Kedusha, because what did the Amishter really want? Kedusha. So that's the only thing he created that has Metzius Amitis, true existence. But there's all this other stuff that has some level of existence in order to allow for the expression of something called holiness. Kedusha. Wow. Okay. So that's the pshat the Rebbe says in, in, in Mishalfin. They switch. Meaning they have no re- true, true reality. That's the idea. Something that doesn't last, there's no true reality. 
Umikaven shechayis the kedusha behem. And since the, the vitality of kedusha that's in them enemies achedimahem, it doesn't unify, become united with them. It doesn't become one with them. That's the nature of klipa. Is that the chayus doesn't become one with it? <coughs> that's the that's the, when we when we read about the keteris. So there's eleven levels of keteris. There's ten levels of kedusha. The eleventh level, <coughs> excuse me, is a level of klipa. That's why one of the one of the eleven uh, ingredients, <coughs> one of the eleven ingredients in the keteris in the incense offering was something that had a bad smell. And what does that teach us? That the 11th level is a level of klipa that's makif, that can't unite, can't become one and express itself in a united and, and, and unified way with Kedusha. Okay. But that doesn't mean that it ultimately doesn't draw its vitality from Kedusha. It draws its vitality from Kedusha. It's interesting. The Rebbe is talking about not talking in this case. He's not talking about a makif. He's talking about or, or mamale or panimi. Why? Well, because he's talking about something becoming one with the thing it's clothed in. Right. So the light that gives vitality to that reality called klipa doesn't become one with the thing it's vitalizing. Because ultimately, the shorish of the light is godliness. But that godly aspect of it doesn't become one with it. <coughs> for that reason, it can't be elevated and can't be used for kedusha. Whereas the light of that which can be involved in Kedusha does unite with the thing such that it can now be elevated to a state of holiness, used for holiness. V'adarabba, hu bebechines golos besecha, the Kedusha, the holy godly light that's found in that object that is, a, is an expression of klipa, or in that reality that's an expression of klipa, because even the worst, most disgusting aspects of physical reality, and not I don't mean the physical object, meaning the way that physical object is being used, and etc., 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 which would be the ultimate in klipa, it's still getting its energy from elokus, because it exists. But it's the, the the godliness in it is completely in it, golus pesechem. It's in a state of golus. It's bringing about its existence because, so to speak, in, uh, the, 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 there is a state of will involved here. Obviously, the what lowest thing imaginable, the most disgusting movie ever made. Its source of existence comes from the Abishta. and that's chitzenius rutzen, the external expression of the rutzen of a kaddish baruch that allows for that disgusting reality to exist. But that any level of godliness that is vitalizing that is in golus in it. It's not united with it, so it has no positive reality whatsoever other than the fact that it has to exist in order to allow for, for real avoided to exist. It's there in order for you to say, ugh, fair, I want nothing to do with that. Huh? Does this apply to you if something as despicable as idolatry? Absolutely. The Abishtu didn't create idolatry. It's there. Anything that exists in Eilam has. Huh? Anything. Is really astounding. So, so why does that exist? Why are there? Why is the possibility of idolatry exist? So, if you serve God, it's real. That's exactly why it exists. So, it's chitzonius eratzim.